بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة والعاقبة المتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين والصلوات والله والسلام هو لا أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته everybody um, right so today is the last class okay for this uh, academic year as we uh, kind of describe it or the way that we kind of say it the last class of the academic year inshallah and um, we will be kind of resuming sometime after hajj um, whenever that will be but uh, you know um, I don't know, September sometime inshallah um, but obviously I think the big difference this year is that we have the uh, thing, right? We have the uh, Telegram group, which is something we've never had before. So a lot of the time, you know, we kind of fall out of touch, but you can't, yeah, any on a, uh, you can't get out of touch or stay out of touch on a, um, on a, what's it called? On the Telegram group, right? Uh, good to see Bayesha from uh, the Philippines with us as well. MashaAllah, always good to see her join live, considering it's crazy o'clock over there. And uh, all the rest of you as well from wherever you are. All right, folks, let's jump straight into action. Who's uh, got the text? Absolutely nobody. It took half an hour for someone you know, to put up the relevant text last week. So we're not going through that bugwas this week. I'll tell you right now. Let me do it myself. Problem is doing it myself also is a mission. Um, hmm. Where do I even find that? I haven't got a dally where to find that. Documents. Is it twenty-five? Yeah. Yeah. There we go. All right. So today, inshallah, we are doing the statement. وَيَمْسَحُ وَجْهَهُ بِيَدَيْهِ وَيُكْرَهُ قُنُوتُهُ فِي غَيْرِ الْوِتْرِ إلَّا أَنْ تَنْزِلَ بِالْمُسْلِمِينَ نَازِلَةٌ غَيْرَ الطَّاعُونَ فَيَقْنُتُ الْإِمَامَ فِي الْفَرَائِضِ Alright, that's what we're going to be doing today, uh, which is translated as Then he wipes his face with both hands. It is disliked for one to perform the qunut except in the witr, unless there is a calamity which afflicts the Muslims, for which the imam does the qunut in the obligatory prayers. This is not done, however, for the plague. Alright, so this particular part that we are going to be dealing with, it is disliked for one to perform the qunut except in the witr, unless there is a calamity which afflicts the Muslims, uh, for which the Imam does the qunut, it, for which the Imam does the qunut for, for that uh, you know calamity, and he does that in the obligatory prayers. And this is not done for the plague. There's a lot to unpack here. A lot. There's qunut, its position, its reality, its location, its meaning in different prayers. Did the Prophet do it all the time? Where does that come from? Etc, etc, etc. Where we stopped, we basically finished with the, the, the wiping of the face. We said that it is, um, uh, we said that it is uh, an action which the Muslims differed over, that the strongest uh, position from the evidences seems to be that the, the lack of legislative uh, strength or evidence to wipe. But if one does, it's not the biggest issue in the world. And that's where we stopped. Now we are on... 41 and yeah finally when we're inshallah coming to the end of it we finally reached it the irony of this lesson yeah that we're going to speak about probably covid the only the only section in the entire uh, book of al-munta 
which would talk about anything to do with COVID in any kind of way, is this run right now. We cover it yani, a year and a half after it actually comes, COVID. And the irony is, is that the one thing that we need for next week, which is, <laughs> this makes me laugh, which is Tarawih, which is next week, is coming up in the next page, which we are not going to cover until Tarawih finishes. And when we cover it, it will be a year or eight, ten months or whatever before Tarawih comes round. I could have done, yani broke it up and could have taken this one last year and I could have done the Tarawih tonight. But that's not logical progression. That's illogical progression. That's yani ever progression. So we're not doing that. All right. So um, let's start with this. وَيُكْرَهْ قُنُوتُهُ فِي غَيْرِ الْوِتْرِ This is talking about the person who's praying, right? Um, that they uh, that is disliked for that person to do قُنُوت, okay? Um, and by قُنُوت, we're talking about uh, uh, the قُنُوت الخاص, meaning the specific قنوت. Now we said before that قنوت means قنوت means obedience and loyalty and worship, and it means du'a in general. All of these meanings, يعني, are, 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 are okay. I have to say I like flexible flexible pro- progression. To be honest, not gonna lie. By the way, I have to ask this question before I go absolutely mad. Is this our Marina, as in from the our class, Marina? Marina, it's you, right? It's like there's only one Marina that we know, right? Marina as in our Marina, Umrah Marina, CMA Marina. Because there's a Marina Sekandar and a Marina Khanum and it's all getting very confusing. We need to know our Marinas. We took us about half the year to work out our Saras. We need to understand the Marinas. That's very, very important. Okay, I need that answering. Otherwise, I'll mess up my head. Um, so, uh, with respect to this particular statement, the Qunut, what is, what is considered disliked, then this is the... Um, the qunut specifically, not dua in uh, uh, general, not yani dua in general. Okay, so um, so that's right. So then Sheikh says, so what the author is trying to say, okay, what the author is trying to say is, um. That this, uh, uh, what the intention of the author is that this dua awitar, Allahumma inna nasta'inuka wa nasta'ghafiruka, Allahumma hadini fi man hadayt wa aafini fi man aafayt. Okay, this is the only, um, when we think of qunut, that's like the, I like to call it the, يعني, you know, when I teach this, I call it the nice happy qunut. All right, that, that way people don't get confused. I call it the nice happy kunut. Nice happy kunut lives in with prayer, nice happy moment, everybody waits for it, gets it done, that's it. Nice happy kunut, happy kunut, okay, doesn't get performed in any of the prayers anywhere. It, uh, I mean, if it happens, it doesn't invalidate the prayer because it is actually still a form of dua. And I said maybe before in the early weeks that some of the scholars even used to think that sometimes. A long recitation is also coming under 
the general category of qunut because qunut is ibadah, qunut is obedience, qunut is يعني, loyalty, like I said before. And so some of the scholars used to say that, you know, a hadith which talk about the dua qunut before ruku'a, because the vast majority of the narrations and the scholars also support the dua qunut after ruku'a, all right? They prefer it, I mean, even though, as I said before, the hadith يعني, are very authentically narrated for the dua qunut before ruku'a, before you go for ruku'a, and after ruku'a, of course, even more. Um, and that's why you see the Hanafi school, for example, only do it before. And the rest of the three imams, they will do it before and after, or the preference for after, because the evidence is stronger. All right. One of the explanations for the, the fact that it the hadith around the qunut uh, uh, being before is that they said that that isn't actually a formal qunut, but it's just general part of the qunut of that person that obedience of that person, that devoutness of that person in salah, very humble, very eyes down, reciting away. So that just gives you a little bit of, uh, you know, expand your horizons in the issue. So when we're talking about what is dislike to do the the qunut, we're talking happy qunut, happy dua. Allah big smiles, buzzing about that. Um, I definitely am happy to NFT Marina, definitely. But I uh, again, I repeat, why is it that we have Marina Sakandar and Marina Khanum? And that's what I need to understand. Which one is which? Is Marina, Madness Marina, no smiling, no joking, don't wear this, don't wear that, Marina. Is that Marina Sakandar, the one who sits in front of our class and basically freaks me out? Uh, or is that Marina Khanum? Because I'm now confused. That's it, simple question. No, don't audio loop Marina. Just call it, is Scary Marina the one that I know? That's all I know. And who is Khanum? That's it. It's a simple question. Right. Thank you, Fatima. It was really that simple. Jazakumullah khair. Thank you. It's all done. Right. So, so, Sheikh says, um, hold on. If, uh, how can a person say, how, and this is a really good point. It's a learning point. All right. How can a person say it is disliked to do a dua which in of itself is sunnah, which in of itself is a mustahab action? Like, let alone qunut obviously being a specific form, specific word, specific manner. But ultimately it is dua and dua is mustahab. Dua is something which is, you know, recommended and which is good and all the rest of it. So what exactly is the problem here? What exactly... How can this be something which be disliked? And in fact, Sheikh asks a question. Alis al-Qunut dua faliyakun mustahabban. So isn't Qunut uh, 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 essentially dua? So it should be recommended all the time in every prayer. Why are you telling me it's disliked to do it in my Fajr prayer, in my Maghrib prayer, in my why only in the Witr prayer? And the Sheikh says that if someone said this, we'd say to them, because it is a specific dua. In a specific uh, place, in a specific act of worship. So there are three specifics which have made this act very, very targeted and specific. And um, bid'ah, an innovation, and uh, uh, something muhdath, something which is new and innovated in the religion. If you want to identify those things in the religion... These are the things you're looking at. When, when people specify the general, okay? Now, a sheikh is going to explain. In fact, I'm just going to translate now what he says because it's actually very, very good, all right? He goes, when you do something 
in a specific way, in a specific manner, in a specific act of ibadah, even if the starting point is a general permissible halal thing or a mustahab thing even, it does require evidence. It requires evidence. When you go specific, we need specific evidence. You keep it general, you've already got the general evidence. We've got no problem with you. Person here and there, whatever, does something which is meant to be done here and there, and a person does it in a general way, then you're doing it the way that the evidence suggests. When you now take it and say, uh, well, I only want to do it after Ruku, and I only want to do it on a Thursday, or I want to do it only when I finish the prayer, and I only want to do it on a Monday. Once you specify its place, its time, its day, its act of worship that is found in, once you start bringing the specifics out, we want to know why. That's the simple uh, case. فَإِنَّ الشَّيْءَ الَّذِي يُسْتَحَبُّ عَلَى سَبِيلِ الْإِطْلَاقِ لَا يُمْكِنْ أَنْ تَجْعَلُهُ مُسْتَحَبًا عَلَى سَبِيلِ تَخْصِيصِ وَتَقْيِيدِ إِلَّا بِدَلِيلِ This is a maxim. Hamza will write this one in gold. For uh, something which is considered generally uh, recommended, okay, which is considered recommended in a... No, sorry, not generally recommended. Something which is considered recommended in a general fashion, in a unrestricted fashion, in a non-defined fashion, it is not possible that you uh, make it a recommended act in a specific manner and restrict it except with an evidence. Okay? And that's why if a person was to say that I'm going to make dua on the mawlid of, uh, the, mawlid of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with, uh, um, with a dua which is narrated in the sunnah, authentic and correct dua of the sunnah, we will say to that person, don't do that. Because what you've done is that you have taken the general, okay, which is the du'a, which is sunnah, which is, you know, maybe like, Allahumma innaka afuun tuhibbul afu fa'afu anna, wa fa'afu anni. This, yani du'a, which is well known, well established, etc. And you take this, and you are putting it into a specific time frame. You decide, no, this is the time to bring it out. Okay, why today? Right? Person turns around and says, today I felt good about it, today I felt it's neat. We say, no problem, that's fine. Person turns around and says, well, it's the Prophet's birthday. You've now added just more masala to the issue and now we need evidence. Okay? Sheikh says, well, hadith ajla dalilis, it requires evidence. And, فَلَيْسَ كُلُّ مَا شُرِعَ عَلَى سَبِيلِ الْعُمُومِ يُمْكِنَ أَنَّ نَجْعَلُهُ مَشْرُوعًا عَلَى سَبِيلِ الْخُصُوصِ Not, because basically, in principle, why does this, evidence, why does this require evidence? Because not every single thing which has been legislated in a general sense can be made legislated in a specific sense. Okay? As Sheikh says, not every single thing which is legislated in a general sense can be made uh, that we make it legislated in a specific and a restricted sense. Like, this is the night I'm going to do it on. Now, there's no doubt that this is difficult. And as you're going, uh, difficult because the scholars will differ. And it's risky when the fatwa kind of then starts to become, um, uh, 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 I'll give you the classic example, and you can see the difference of even contemporary scholars on it, all right, is the difference, for example, between two of my own teachers, Sheikh Abdullah bin Yusuf uh, al-Juda'i, Hafidahullah, and uh, Sheikh Ahlan, right? Uh, this happened many years ago. Sheikh Abdullah gave the fatwa that it is permissible for um, um, for people 
Uh, yeah, I think that's a good example. Reading salawat upon the Prophet ﷺ before and after the adhan. I think that's a very good example. Wadan thaqib. Yeah. General excellent act being made into a specific place at a specific time. Excellent example. This would be considered bid'ah. There's no doubt about that when you're doing it in this manner. So Shaykh Abdullah, he gave the fatwa that every month or every X period of time in the student calendar at university, the ISOC could do a, um, a Qiyam night, youth Qiyam night, whatever they used to call it. You know, there's Qiyam nights or whatever it is, where they try to gather the students and they make them, uh, you know, uh, they get someone to lead them and then they do some kind of activity, etc., etc., which back then was was non-existent, actually. And when he gave that fatwa, obviously, you know, that's now trickled down, as you know, Fosis picked it up, took it to the unis, those guys then grow older, they go to the masajid, trickle down to the masajid. I don't know now of any masjid in the West that doesn't have a youth qiyam, right? And that came from... That this is where it came from, from this fatwa from Abdullah Yusuf, Sheikh Abdullah al Um And Sheikh Ihlan very upset with this fatwa. Uh, and the reason is exactly this point here that the act of the Hajjad is a general one and it is uh, to be recited in a uh, general sense. And in general, by yourself. And sometimes, um, if a person wants to make it specific, i.e., pray in congregation, okay, then and and do it on a certain moment and a certain time. Oh, suddenly in Ramadan, let's pray to Hajjud in uh, a congregational sense. Um, we'd say, whoa, hold on, where'd you get that from? Uh, well, actually, we got it from here. Here's the hadith. Oh, you know what? That's fair enough. That's a that's a pretty good argument. We let that slide. So then, then we suddenly say the Hajjud is not to be prayed in congregation except as Taraweeh because that is in a specific sense. I mean, because there's the evidence we needed. We needed the evidence. Otherwise, outside of the evidence, people should pray by themselves at home, etc. and carry on. In fact, that's the Asal. When we do eventually get to the section on uh, Taraweeh and, uh, and other prayers, you will see my own personal opinion on it and what people should be doing at home and all the rest of it. Um, and, you know, many of you have seen Faith IQ video I recorded on it. It's a really long one and, you know, caused a lot of problems. Uh, you know, people get very upset by it, but whatever. The point is, is that this action of specifying the general requires an evidence. So um, how and what is the evidence for every month or the last Friday or the last Saturday in a month to do it? That is specifying the general. And actually, when you think about it, it is it is an innovation. It is a specifying the uh, general in a very specific way. Now, the problem is, is that now we've got so used to it as a culture. We've seen so many benefits come from it, all right? And it's a form of da'wah and it's the only you know thing that people go to mosque because obviously it's connected to food and PlayStation and all the rest of it and chatting around. That's what all the kids go for. Not really that. That part is the worst part for them. They grin and bear it because they know the pizzas are coming and the burgers are coming and the whatever. So they say, you know what, sake, we'll do an hour. We just stand around and just, you know, shift our weight from one foot to the other just to get through. And they'll do it. Um, a few people will, you know, start to develop a bit of, you know, companionship, whatever, whatnot. Some people will be pulled in. Others will just only turn up for the night event to see their mates. Now, as I said, now with that Western sensitivity and with that kind of idea, you know, that we've got this kind of idea that, 
um, this is how da'wah should be done, it's now become a staple diet. And that's of course the thing, when you don't stop something at the beginning if you do believe it to be wrong, it will just get out of control. And you know, similar to that is the combining of Maghrib and Isha, which again is another Sheikh Judea uh, fatwa, which has completely got out of control. But, so, I just want to uh, uh, say, I just want to say that um, uh, if you now look at this as students, you can see Sheikh Abdullah's argument, okay? Um, and you can see Sheikh Kehlan's argument. And both of them have a very a clear methodology and a, a valid path, yani meaning that you can see the basis and you can see Abdul Sheikh Abdullah's basis, that it does not require... Um, this is not restricting it only his argument is it's not about restricting this is about yani, uh, da'wah for the sake of da'wah the ends justify the means and the means here we're not taking it out of control or, 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 you know completely if you know he would say if we uh, uh, because it's not just logistics that's the problem right when it's just logistics we know right but he's not actually saying just logistics um because most scholars will allow. It's like when people ask me about the aqiqah. I say to them, do it on the weekend. Yeah, and, you know, if you're going to have people coming in, and that's not my, maybe the seventh day, right? Um, you know, when you'd invite the mosque around, uh, it might be, you'd do it in a mosque normally, you'd get all the people in. Difficult to do that on a weeknight. And so, you know, you might maybe do the slaughter a, a couple of days before or whatever, and the meat, and you keep in the fridge, and or whatever, and you cook it, etc., etc. I'm saying that, Logistics, we understand that, okay? Um, it's when it's gone beyond logistics and it turns into like kind of an event and a reality that becomes normative. Now, truth be told, I always debated this point with Sheikh Ihlan. This is a matter of genuine difference of opinion. And you're going to see a few examples of that in today's class. I just want to just give you a modern example of this issue that it's not always so easy as Sheikh Uthameen is putting it. And that's no better, um, uh, that's no better, uh, that's a very good uh, point, right? Uh, 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 that Amin makes, how are you reconciling this particular position with what we have at Chido Masjid, which is we're doing a khatam in the Fard prayers every six months. The only difference that we would make, that, that we would say, Although this is again from the same uh, category, we are. Um, it could be argued. I mean, obviously, I, obviously, the reason that I have no problem with this is because I don't see it like that. We're not specifying Quran only in that manner. You are meant to read the Quran, and we don't always fit like that. Sometimes it's said in the loud. Sometimes it's not. There is no prohibition per se in following the order. We're not going back. We're not doing it backwards, for example, right? We're not reciting it backwards in terms of surahs. We're actually reading through it. Um, and uh, this argument is such a nuanced one. The argument would be, okay then, all right, but you're definitely not doing the sunnah, right? You're definitely not doing the sunnah, which is we know that the Prophet ﷺ used to only recite uh, the shorter surahs in the uh, salah or salatul maghrib or, or used to uh, you know, recite, for example, Surah Sajda in Salatul Fajr, etc. And that's a valid point. Obviously, our response is that we do actually mix it up, right? So we tell the Sheikh, and he does, and he's intelligent himself to know. He will obviously only recite a very one or two ayat uh, from 
where we are in the Mus'haf at Salatul Maghrib. So it feels like, yani, you know, the same. And uh, uh, on Friday morning, we will recite Surah Sajda. And, you know, where there's a Sunnah to be established, we'll do it. Like in Jum'ah, you will hear Al-A'la and Al-Ghashiyah. So the Sunnah is still maintained when there is a preference for particular Surahs. But in the rest of the time, the Quran is being said. Now, here's the beautiful irony, which is making me smile, that... The argument, of course, carrying on from the whole idea that we've got to have the Qiyam in the monthly program because it attracts yani, the people to come to the masjid. The argument for the Qur'an being recited throughout the year is that people do not recite it, do not have connection to it, completely bored, silly, yani, with the same old Qulullah Ahad yani, in the, the, the Salah. They actually come for it. Yani, people come to the masjid to hear some Qur'an that they've not heard, get muraja'ah that they've, yani, a revision of that which they don't know. And then that again is falling into that, you know, the black hole of the ends justify the means, where the means seem to be innovatory in its principle. As I said, this is the difficult part. I like what Juwaiya said. Okay, no, I don't think the long khutbah ever will fall into this category. Ever, 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 not at all. People have got to be get far, far better. This is not an uh, example. Like that would be the exact example that is not applicable here. A long khutbah is not justified at any, any time, in any case. I, I just want to make that that point. And Adil, I want to make it double point that that yani, 100% you and Solange are off it. All right? Um, that is not the uh, way the Prophet specifically criticized. Okay? Specifically criticized the one who elongates the khutbah. So we can't say that it's better for us when he specifically criticizes. Uh, Naeem says that Sheikh Jadir argument would be, it should not be called bid'ah if we don't attribute it to the Prophet ﷺ. Don't think it is more rewardable to do it on certain days. Example, if somebody says, I will allocate the weekend for the tahajjud for logistical purposes, not because the Prophet ﷺ specified it or more rewarded it. That should not be a bid'ah if that makes sense. However, the problem is people over time forget why initially it was specified. That's a beautiful point at the end, right? That's a beautiful point at the end. Um, there's absolutely no doubt that Sheikh Abdullah uh, does not consider it a bid'ah because of exactly that reason, all right? That he is not saying that this is something that we are doing. Uh, he will always claim the logistical uh, uh, argument. I mean, that's, uh, that's the simple uh, point. The don't attribute to the Prophet ﷺ is a moot point because um, it automatically always is. It always it is. So it doesn't matter whether a person is doing that or not when it's an act of ibadah to people who don't generally know. Um, but anyway, my point is, is that I'm actually very comfortable accepting the difference here, right? Although I, you know, got something in my heart against it, not a massive fan, but just like Amin says, there are many times that you'll be able to pick this out. Now, now let me just finish this now, okay? Just to give you an idea that, remember Sheikh Uthameen is like on the Sheikh Ilan side, they're, they're much more stricter. When you get that strict, you kind of cause problems for yourself, right? Case in point, he says, And so likewise, we can say, The dua of Khatm al-Quran fi salah. The dua of, you know, when a person finishes the Quran, and then in the prayer, they actually make a du'a inside the prayer. He says there's absolutely no doubt that this is not legislated. Now, the language is very important. Language is very important. All right. Okay. He does, you know, he's careful. All right. Not legislated. Because even though it has been narrated from Anas, 
Anas ibn Malik radiallahu an, that he would, whenever he would have a khatam of the Quran, he would gather his family, they would pray the salah, and they would pray, they would do the dua khatam al Quran, like a qunut, right, after the ruku in some of the narrations, a long dua, with the general understanding, like I've been telling you all this time, that the principle in dua in of itself is praising Allah and then asking for what you want. But the, the principle of dua itself, yeah, that's inside the dua. But dua itself is if I want this, then let me get some work done. So I put something forward to Allah. I fast to Allah, so I ask at the last moment and I get my dua before I break my, uh, before we do iftar. I uh, do my prayer and I make dua afterwards, as we said before. I give sadaqah, I ask the Prophet, I do dua. In this case here, I put forward a whole khatam of the Qur'an, huge reward. Now I'm going to use the barakah of this act that I've done to make a dua with the hope that it is responded to. So this action of Anas actually, you know, is so in line with so many of our Islamic principles. Um, but look at what Sheikh Uthameen says. So even though it has been narrated from Anas radiallahu ta'ala uh, anhu, okay, this is actually outside the prayer. Now, what's the position of some of the scholars, but the minority? He goes, this is outside the prayer, not inside the prayer. And there's a difference between someone keeping it general and then being general about it. And then something taking something general and bringing it and only applying it into the prayer, which is actually specify, specifying it in two ways. You're specifying it in an act of worship and then in a place where people have done that dua in a specific way, like qunut. So, meaning you're really adding a specific kind of restriction uh, uh, to it. So, um, and so therefore it's actually possible for us to say. And I, I, again, it's so nice to see what Sheikh Uthameen says. He's very, even though he has what I think is an incorrect position, his language is very uh, academic and controlled and measured. He goes, you know, uh, uh, he didn't say bid out straight out, um, but he said, that uh, and so it's possible for us to say as a result in the dua in the khatm al-Quran that, that to make a dua once you complete the Quran and make that dua in the prayer has no basis and it's not right for it to be done until an evidence uh, uh, from, uh, the, from Islam establishes it that this is legislated in the prayer now this is a statement which you've got to say, I don't think, of course not, I don't think. He would never have said that if there was uh, maybe Umar radiallahu an, or, or there was a hadith, right? He's saying this because Anas by himself is just one of the younger companions, great companion, no doubt, but, you know, not any of the major fuqaha, you know, um, and obviously you guys know, uh, everything, uh, those especially those who have done protect his house or Aladab al Mufrad, Anas bin Malik is a giant, brings us so much deen. But he's not considered from the Mujtahideen, he's not considered from the Hufad, he's not considered from the Fuqaha of the Sahaba. And so, this act, uh, young as well, this act in of itself is like just kind of relegated to Anas's own action. Now, let me just say, I don't want to get emotive about this. That's correct. We mustn't get too carried away with an individual companion's action, right? But it's narrated and it's established. To then say it has no basis, that is where you will kind of 
fall into the problem where you have a principle that you believe in, which is no doubt correct, the principle of avoiding specifying the general, because that leads to bid'ah. At the same time, applying it in the real world is a lot more difficult, right? A lot more difficult. Uh, what I want to say is this. What I want to say is that yani, let me give you a practical application of what I'm trying to what I'm trying to say. I might not do it. In fact, I won't do it. Okay, and I will use this principle myself personally, and I feel incredibly comfortable with it. You know, when you follow this principle, where you are wanting to be on a more cautious kind of uh, uh, a cautious kind of path. You want any definitive evidences from the Prophet You're quite happy if there's an, an, a lack of evidence of hadith, but then we have a number of companions upon it, a number of the salaf. But when there's not, even though it's very authentic narrations that maybe one or two did or said or whatever, the great thing that I can say here is, you know what, I'm not going to do it. I'm not really going to do it. Okay? Not going to do it. But I'm not going to come down like a ton of bricks on someone who does do it. Right? Because they have a salaf, they have a precedent. And I think that is, um, that is pr- uh, more, and, and, and in fairness, that what is Sheikh Uthameen is very much like that. You know, only one, twice maybe he might not follow along that line. But you saw in the wiping the face example last week that that's yani, his approach, and that's generally the right one. And uh, uh, today, as I said, when you apply it in the example of the Qiyam, of the youth, whatever, whatnot, you know, I allow it. Students ask me that, that all the time. I say, go ahead, because of the logistics, because I know, because I've been there, because I understand. But would I do it in a organized fashion? Would I do it yani, in a way like that? No, I think that when you gather people together, then you should take the opportunity. Then I see the argument, well, that is the gathering of the people together. So we are going to take the opportunity. So I say, you know what, that's okay. So I'm relaxed with it. But I just want you to understand how difficult this is to apply in the real world. That's, I think, what the entire lesson that I wanted you to take from it. All right, let's get now to the actual uh, point of the uh, 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 this uh, sentence. So it is disliked to be making happy kunut, okay, in the obligatory prayers, unless, uh, what did I say? Unless there is a calamity, calamity which afflicts the Muslims. Anazila. And this is the, this is the chapter of Qunutan Nazila. Okay? Now Qunutan Nazila is <laughs> uh, it's not right to say angry Qunut, but if we've got happy Qunut, if I say serious Qunut, then that makes the first one not serious. It, this is obviously a bad path to go down, but I'm gonna call it serious Qunut. Okay? Happy Qunut, alright? Serious Qunut. Now, now we're gonna discover the mistakes that people make. All right. So the author has basically suggested that there is an exception to the rule that in the rest of the prayers, in the obligatory prayers, there can be a qunut and a regular qunut, desperate qunut, upset qunut. No, no, none of these words are going to work because someone's going to say, why are you not upset? Are you not desperate in the normal ones? Are you whatever? So whatever. I'm down with desperate qunut. Let's put down desperate qunut. All right. Happy qunut, desperate qunut. All right. So, um, I'm going to give you some examples of that in a second. So Sheikh says that this is the exception, except for Ta'un, except for Ta'un. Let me just quickly speak about um, um, the um, the concept. So first of all, we have a problem. The problem is that 
there are a number of scholars like Imam Malik, like Imam Shafi'i, who think that the qunut is part of the prayer. Okay? Um, it is part of the prayer that can be pulled out any time in any of the obligatory prayers. Um, and there doesn't need to be a disaster for it, etc., etc., etc. This is on one side. On the other side, you've got the Hanafis who are like, you must be joking. And I've spoken a lot about this, especially in uh, Divine Link, Fiqh Salah. When you see the Hanafi approach to Salah and everything, you know, the Qunut and it's, yani, it's harakat, yani, okay? It's, it's, it's movements and everything is like, it, it, it's seriously OCD triggering for the Hanafi school, right? We are gaslighting that school when you start doing anything in the prayer, let alone speak out loud, let alone make dua. I mean, the Hanafi school just about allowed the Qunut al-Witr. And I'll tell you straight, they only allowed the Qunut of witr on the condition that it's blink and you miss it. Blink and you've missed it. Super short, super subtle, super quick. Absolutely nobody and you can hear what's being said. It's done silently. It's, it doesn't take up any new position in the prayer, okay? You are like, you've got, for example, they're reciting this, the surah, and it's like, Allahu Akbar, right? It's like a little cheeky, Allahu Akbar, right? I mean, as cheeky as it gets. Quick one. And then, I'm full millennial man, and that's it, I'm fully converted millennial now. So, I wrote an article on gaslighting, by the way. I just have you know, Maysara, proper article, article obviously one page long, maybe five lines maybe, I can't remember, but it's on Facebook, alright, anyway so and the hands are back here and they're, they're like praying like they went and proper did qunut in like, you know salah is qunut and qira is qunut, you know, that kind of fashion no lifting of the hands, no whatever you see Maryam is like, what, 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 who, what you see she hasn't seen the packs in the mosque do this, she's in a state of shock already she's like, what, the only thing that I understood even about qunut is big loud amins and big loud, you know, crying and shouting, whatever, whatnot. Hanafis literally, they're dying. You know, when they're in the back there, they don't know what's going on. What is this? This is the salah. This is the prayer. This is namaz. Are you looking pagal or what? They literally are not having it. And it, like I said, it fits their school. It fits the, 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 the sakina you're meant to have. What's all this raising of the hands? What's all the this, that, whatever? And it's done very, very good. Allahu Akbar. And you go into ruku. Meaning that everything about the other way of doing qunut, there's like, you know, it's after the ruku where nobody hangs around for a long period of time. Okay? Nobody hangs around. You're going into sujood, hanging around and lifting hands and seeing, you know, the folks going, whatever, whatnot, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, it's like what you're saying. If you've grown up on any normal kind of qunut and you go and pray in the Hanafi mosque, you will come out most unfulfilled, sir. You will want your money back. Okay, you'll be like, what's happened there, bro? I came for the qunut. I came for the qunut, bro. And I don't know what happened. So there's that funny side to it. Now, um, as I said, personally, I have a lot going personally. I don't want to now imply my, uh, 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 I don't want to put my personal opinion upon the class. But I'm a massive fan of the Hanafi approach to Salah. Massive fan. 
And I genuinely think that they got the general understanding of Salah better, I mean the mood, I mean, than others. You know, people will always will say about, uh, uh, this is very famous, that the Shafi'is should be followed in Salah, that the, that the Shafi'is smash the Salah. It's a well-known principle, you know, when you're looking at the Madahib, you know, their specialities, etc. I just think that's unfair. Maybe from a legal point of view, yeah. But when it comes to the mood and the environment and the kind of, you know, the quietness and humility and the eyes and the, I think the Hanafi school, I think, got it right. And especially, yeah, I mean, when it comes to Qunut, I'm not going to lie, bro. You know that I, I, I really dislike, you know, all the shenanigans that people are going, and all the garbar. They're going like this, oh, screaming, crying, this, that, whatever, whatnot. Yeah, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes. I want you to imagine if you are Hanafi, you are there, you are locked, you are in prison, you are in, you are like General Zod that's locked up in that uh, that thing, banished Yani to go for 300 summer cycles around in the universe like this twisted, stuck hands down here. You don't even think, how can I lift my hands? I'm in the Salah. So you put your hands down there and you're looking, Yani, you know, trying to stay there. And for half an hour, you're just standing there. And they're going, Amin, Amin. They're going, Amin. And they're like, yeah, this is namaz, bro. So it is not a surprise to hear that in the Hanafi school, there is no exception to the qunut, only allowed in the witted prayer, no qunut and nazila, no qunut, yani madar ish, no happy qunut, no desperate qunut, nothing, nothing. Alright, so, um, and the, uh, by the way, where does this come from? All of this comes from the many authentic hadith, okay, of the Prophet um, making kunut in the various prayers. So that's found all over the sunnah. So let me just say that. The Hanafis don't necessarily say that they're all weak, although they did weaken some of them. And the big one, of course, is the... Uh, the hadith of uh, uh, Nabi Sallallahu dua against Ri'al and Thakwan and Usayya, uh, these uh, tribes, for example, that attacked the Muslims, the Munafiqeen, and the Prophet Sallallahu yani, made major uh, dua against them. And then, of course, we have the hadith in which the Prophet Sallallahu made dua against Mudar and you know got anger against them. Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala then revealed that you know that you are not. Uh, uh, this is not your job, yani, this is not your reality, you were not sent down yani, as yani, nakala, yani, you did not, you were not sent down to, uh, 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 to be you know, the bearer of bad news and cursing everyone and whatever, but you were sent down rahmatan lil'alameen, the Prophet then stopped that, that's by the way an evidence um, of certain actions being abrogated in the sunnah by Quran, but anyway that's maybe for another day. So, um, uh, so the Prophet made qunut, and we know, for example, that in one Ramadan, he made qunut in every uh, prayer and in other narration, uh, uh, every fajr, continuously through Ramadan. Some said only the last 15 nights, some said the first 15, some said the whole month. Reality is, is that there are different narrations. Um, and the Shafi'is, of course, for those people who are, you know, in the modern kind of, you know, observing Shafi'is or living in Shafi'i kind of environments or in Egypt, etc. Then you'll see every uh, Shafi'i 
in every morning Fajr prayer that they will have a qunut in the obligatory prayer. What's happened here basically, the Hanafi said all of these were specific to the Prophet specific to the Imam but the Grand Imam and it can't be done by anybody else and it's not to be carried forward and that's their, their, their uh, principle and they actually used the fact that some of the actions were abrogated as a proof and then um, you got on this side uh, you've got the uh, the Shafi'is who took the specific and they made it absolutely general and they applied it to all of the prayers and they said you know that one could make Qunut and they put it into the Fajr of every Fajr prayer in a formal sense. And then you've got the Hanbalis in the middle. And the Hanbalis in the middle is where many of the contemporary scholars are, a lot of the Muhaqqiqeen, a lot of Ahlul Hadith, certainly the class position. And that is what? That actually this is, as our author says, when Antanzil bil Muslimin nazilatun, alright, when a calamity afflicts the Muslims, when a situation occurs, that requires, يعني, you know, for the big guns to come out, for the serious du'as to be made, then that's what we're going to do in emulation of the Prophet ﷺ, who didn't do this in every prayer or regular at all, so clear. We'd have hundreds of hadith if that was the case. We know, we know 100%. We have so much evidence from the Sahaba as well. A famous hadith. Is it in, um, is it in here? Does he uh, does he quote it? One of, one of the nice yani, quotes. Um, no, because I forgot the name one by. Anyway, I'll find it inshallah. But the point is, is that uh, uh, that this is something uh, uh, one of the Sahaba was asked yani, by his son. Uh, you prayed behind the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi I forget his name, man. I forget his name. Radiallahu anhu. Anyway, he was asked, uh, uh, you prayed behind the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You prayed behind Abu Bakr. You prayed behind Umar. You prayed behind uh, uh, Uthman and Ali. Radiallahu anhu ajma'in. Did they used to pray, make qunut in the prayer? He said, something, this is muhdath. This is just what you lot are doing. This is a bid'ah. Hardcore answer, okay. This is not something which is a sunnah. So I just want. Is that it? Abu Malik Abu Malik al that's a good memory you have. Wallahi, because that's that's the that is. Is that I think it is. You know, I think you're absolutely right. So So anyway, um, big up statement, right? Um. And anyway, this debate will go on. This will debate go on. But I just want you to know this, the, 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 the evidences. And the fact that you know the evidences that are there and that the reason that they differ is their interpretation of them. So you can see like the Hanbalis have said, yeah, yeah, we completely agree with the evidences that you've got there. But this is not to be applied in every prayer. And they said, well, to be honest, we saw it in every prayer. Okay, we didn't see it every day, but we saw it in every prayer. We saw Fajr be a big thing, whatever. So it's interpretation. Meaning if you're praying behind a Shafi'i, there'd be absolutely no issue whatsoever doing it and, and lay, you know, uh, 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 praying it with them. But it's not the Sunnah. There's no doubt in our opinion, in our humble opinion, that this is the correct way, that this Qunut has a function. And it was brought in, Yani, for a time to be used in a certain way, with a certain emotion, a certain desperation. And each narration that you take it back to, you can see that. 
the, the wording of that, the, the, the statements of the Prophet um, in those du'as and what happened yani, before that, in the death of the people who were, who were killed or the treachery that uh, occurred, etc, etc, etc. So I just want to put that uh, out there. Okay, that's what the Qunut Al-Nazila is according to the Hanbalis. That the one that can be done is to be done in the obligatory prayers. It's to be done um, only in a specific situation. We're going to come to in a second who actually does it. We'll come to in a, in a minute who actually does it. But for now, what we're going to say is that respecting the Hanif position, which is that we don't want to do it at all. Respecting the Shafi'is and the Malikis, and Malik is a bit different, okay, but they say that it is something which is applicable in all the prayers and can be done on a regular basis. The key thing is regular, and the Hanbalis are in a position, class position, which is that, as the text says, when something occurs and there's a reason to do it, we'll go full as well. We're not, ab- and as we said before, you know, Ahl-Sunnah always, always try to reconcile, always try to reconcile. It's really difficult when you take a position and you try to blag away a hadith. When it's obviously any that it's uh, there. Anyway, anyway, here's the interesting part I want to speak about. غير الطاعون. So um, he says uh, that this is done uh, when uh, the Qunut Nazila is done when a calamity which afflicts the Muslims, uh, but this is not done for the uh, uh, plague. Yes, excellent. Zakaria has brought the narration there. Very good. Yeah. Yes, my son. This is Muhdath. Sick guy. Love that. Mormon, don't confuse our <laughs> don't confuse our happy kunuts or desperate kunuts. In fact, I put to you Mormon. I put to you Mormon. As, a, as an avowed Shafi'i, Masri, is it meant to be happy kunut or desperate kunut? And I think you will say it is happy kunut. Meant to be happy kunut. And that in itself goes against the actual legislative basis for where that kunut started from. Because it was very desperate kunut. It was very much destroy, destroy, destroy kunut. Right? So, just want to put that out there. So, I've, I've you know, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling what Mu'min's saying there. Anyway, um, I just want to speak about Ta'un. Why did our author? This is fascinating, by the way. Imagine that I say to you r- right now that uh, the Muslims should make kunut when a calamity strikes and there's destruction and disaster, and we're talking lives. We're talking. Finances, we're talking destruction, calamity. But if it's against the coronavirus, then not, but not against the coronavirus. You guys would like, bro, that is the biggest yani, calamity, destruction yani, that, that our community ever seen. Took yani, hundreds and thousands and took millions, in fact, from us and it destroyed our economies. We're also going to make dua against if we're not going to do it against coronavirus. All right. That's the modern application of this statement. He's saying that you make the du'a of the Qunut al-Nazila as an exception, any fad prayer, any time, uh, but not against Ta'un. Ta'un is the plague 
the uh, plague in its absolutely purest form um, and of course that happened throughout history and of course it happened in the time of the companions at the time of Umar you know the plague of Amwas of course and in Amwas yeah, and obviously many of the companions themselves were, were killed we have hadith yani, that make up make it very clear that we're not allowed to go to the land which is infected and once we're in that land we're not allowed to leave to control the actual spread of this killer now the, the reasoning or the, the argument, you know, that's being put forward is that the Prophet ﷺ said in a hadith that the plague is a disaster for the disbelievers and a mercy for the believers. That hadith is sahih. Did he make sure? Uh, uh, and he also, and uh, uh, he, Sheikh Uthameen didn't make a reference to that, but uh, he does make a difference, to, uh, make a reference to another hadith, uh, that the person who dies of plague is a martyr. So in one hadith, we know he's a martyr, and in another hadith, we know it's a rahmah. And these scholars basically said, How on earth can you make dua against something, against something, or ask Allah to remove something? Which is very clear, the Prophet ﷺ has said it is a mercy, and the Prophet ﷺ said that it is um, uh, that the one who dies of it is shaheed. Why would you ask Allah to remove that? So when you think about that, that's pretty scary, right? Because, you know, that's, I mean, above and beyond the point of whether that's a correct analogy or not, okay, the, the, the real question is, is that. It should make us reflect. It should make us reflect on what we consider to be yani, a problem or whatever. Sheikh Uthameen makes a point later. He goes, by the way, note that the author that the author said that unless a calamity, that the Qunut al-Nazila, that Qunuts are not done in prayer unless it's one where a calamity afflicts the Muslims and uh, not against a... Uh, uh, and if it would afflict the non-Muslims, then that's something that we don't make du'a against. But if it's something which afflicts the Muslims, then we make a du'a against. So you can imagine that the scholars were back and forth. As you can see uh, 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 straight uh, there, as what Ibrahim is saying, there are so many things that are normative in life which are blessings um, for us, but which are problems themselves. And yeah, I need to make du'a against all of them, like Solange says about the rain. Like, And so um, I just want to say that... Um, we get this position. In actual fact, we should learn a lot of lessons from it. Okay, um, uh, I, I, it should humble us in our du'a making. That's all I want to say. Do I think it's uh, this is applicable today? No, I don't. Okay, as probably the majority of scholars, and they will argue very much like how you are arguing. Okay, everything has khair in it, and that doesn't mean that we shouldn't make du'a for protection and so on and so forth. Um, um, Every fitna purifies you, but that doesn't mean that you should throw yourself into it. Um, uh, 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 for me, for me, we have more hadith of the Prophet ﷺ telling people not to be kind of, you know, embracing the danger, right? In, and we spoke about that, you know, a couple of months ago about, you know, the one who uh, wanted the punishment of the Akhirah to be applied to him now so that he doesn't get punished afterwards. And the Prophet ﷺ, you know, went to visit him and he turned into a skeleton and you know, it, was, it was a disaster. And he goes, what have you done? He goes, this is what I've done. He goes, don't do that, but rather ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his afiyah. 
right? Don't, yeah, and he, you know. So um, I think that his actions and statements go against his principle. And of course, it's important to remember that the Prophet ﷺ never said, don't make dua against uh, Ta'un. He just said that it is a, a, a mercy. And so uh, what does this hadith mean? For me, this hadith is very, very clear. It's like the other one, Al-Mat'un Shaheed, meaning that in the sadness and desperation when you see young people and beloved yani, who are fit and you know not expecting to die or at that age, whatever, whatnot, okay? When something shocking occurs, we give them a, a you know a, 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 a balm to, 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 to heal their wounds, to heal their hearts with when they're hurting. Uh, 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 people are meant to die when they're old. You're not meant to see your kids die before you. You're meant to, you know, go through life and then you, you know, you're strong and then you struggle and then you get old and then you die and you shouldn't, you know, lose your mind over it because everybody's going to die and everybody's getting old and that's fine. It's when people die in unexpected circumstances, when someone gets, you know, drowns, it's a big shock to people, when someone's murdered, big shock to people, when someone gets killed in battle, brave, young, had all the world to live for, yeah, and it's shocking, whatever. And so... You'll find, and I did a video on this, I, uh, you know, where, where I was explaining the whole concept of uh, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi uh, hadith of in the Sahib al-Jam Shaheed, or in al-Mad'un Shaheed, or al Shaheed. And, you know, he went through the list in so many hadith uh, uh, of all the people who are burnt who Shaheed, who drown who Shaheed, the building the fools on them Shaheed, the one who dies of pleurisy is Shaheed, the one who dies of a stomach condition is Shaheed, the one who, whatever, you know, uh, the questions asked are these exhaustive lists? The answer is, the scholar is different, obviously. My opinion is that this, there's a common thread behind it. The common thread is shocking, unexpected, untimely, in some general sense that society recognizes. Right? Anything which has involved a lot of pain, a lot of shock, a lot of... I think all of this has been given an honorary... And let's not lose our minds over it. <laughs> there's, they're not shaheed shaheed. The only the shaheed shaheed is the one who dies on the battlefield, but these are honorary shaheeds, meaning that they are the shaheeds of the akhirah. By the way, that's beyond our dreams as well, but because that's the only thing that matters. But the difference is, is that if you die on the battlefield, you are bona fide, legit, legit hero, legit hero. Get those yani poems written. Get those songs sung. Let's have those parties. Legit hero, okay, and you're going to be saving all the people that you can save, interceding left, right, center, and you're going to, you know, smashing it in the next life. Whereas the rest of the yani masakin pseudo shaheeds, again, not hating on the pseudo shaheeds, but they are what we call the the shuhada of the akhirah, meaning that they are still washed, still prayed over, still sought forgiveness for, still yeah, you know. Remember, salat al janazah is. There's a difference of opinion, as we said, for the shuhada. In principle, it's not, according to the majority. You know, all of that whole thing. Satul janazah is not even a salah, as you know. Anyone who studied fiqh of death, you you know, uh, you saw my explanation of why I think that the Hanafi position to it is very, very strong. They see it as a dua. That's why they don't yani, request fatiha, fatiha in it. And you see that, you know, the way that they understand it, you can really, really feel that Salatul janazah is really dua janazah, not really a salah. And it's being done for them. And that's why we don't do it for children. You know, there are, there's a lot of hadith to suggest that the Prophet ﷺ did not make Salatul Janazah for the death of his own son, Ibrahim. His own son, Ibrahim. Because, yani, it's a dua janazah. It is interceding for the, the one who's died. Bro, who are you trying to intercede for? One and a half year old. 
a, two, a five-year-old, a kid who's going Jannah anyway, who's from the believing families, who's يعني, chilling with Ibrahim Bro, and you know what it is? The guy on the battlefield, he's not the guy who needs dua, bro. You're the one who needs dua. So it's, there's a huge uh, system around this. There's a beautiful symmetry when you, when, you de- when you dive in and you start looking you know, to all. So um, I, think, I think that, um, that the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ kind of calming the situation down for those that are lost in the plague is more about yani, calming them down. Making them feel relaxed. This is a positive situation. This is something which is um, uh, a blessing. And I think it is allowed to make dua against it. Asking Allah to rid the ummah of it. Especially when it's causing destruction for the Muslims. The whole point, yani, yeah, how can it be argued? How can this point be argued when it is making the Muslims weak? Or it's killing out all the Muslims? And we're saying, right, might as well be shuhada. That's not what we're here for. The whole ummah is not here to all die. Yeah, the, 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 the aim of this deen is to raise the, 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 the word of Allah, to make the, the kalimatullahi heal earlier. Right? That's not going to happen if we just say, well, it's a mercy, <laughs> let everybody kill off and let everyone die shaheed. Come on, bro. Right? So, anyway. So, uh, 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 I found more interesting than all of, not in, more interesting, but what I found interesting is that Sheikh Uthameen does not commit. He puts the argument forwards and he says, yani, come on, what's, what's a bigger musibah than the Ummah of Muhammad dying out? Of course you make dua against it. Um, and then he goes, and there are others that said, you don't, and for the reasons that I mentioned. And he just stayed absolutely silent. silent. Uh, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's best. All right, let's, um, let's finish... Oh my god, I don't know. Where are we at folks? What are we saying? We've already gone over an hour. And uh Oh actually no, I can cover this. I think I can cover this quite quickly. Because I've said a lot of this already. So Sheikh says, okay, so what happens then? This Kunuta Nazila is done in the obligatory prayers. It's done in the Obligatory prayers, not done in the sunnah. It's not done whatever. It's done in the obligatory uh, prayers. This kunuta nazila when a disaster occurs. Okay, um, uh, so this is the exception to the uh, to the. This is the exception to the uh, dislike to make kunuts. Right, that 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 opening uh, statement. Okay, all right. And why is it an exception? Because it has been established from the Prophet as I said through all of the hadith that we mentioned. Alright. Um, Alright, and it's the Imam. Alright? The Imam. The Sheikh says the Imam. The author rather says the Imam. Who does that refer to? What does the Imam mean? Imam of the Masjid or the Imam? Sheikh says that in fiqh, and this is well known, when the word Imam is used, okay, um, it's always referring to the supreme leader. It's leading to the believer, the Amir al-Mu'mineen. All right? It's leading to the Al-Qa'id al-A'la, as Sheikh says, the supreme leader of the Islamic uh, uh, state. So he does it basically on behalf of the entire uh, uh, Ummah. That's very important. That's, that's a very important, yani, that phrase, Al-Imam. All right? Um, now, a number of scholars, they basically said, 
that and uh, that when it so that's that's first explaining al imam now what about the issue who should do it some of the scholars said it's only him who does it nobody else this is a national international ummah problem and that's what has to happen this is not about yani you know some small thing that afflicts the community that the nazila comes out the nazila the qunut nazila is is the you know, we're talking around the big guns when you start doing yani you know big loud duas in the masjid and ameens and you know it's a serious matter it's got to be a serious matter. It's got to be international standard. It's got to be world class. Put it that way. Can't be any you know Sunday league behavior. Yeah. So, so they said that um, the main imam is the one who understands that, who understands yani where the realities are. You know how what the things are of political importance are. He's the one who decides, uh, and the rest of the people don't do it. Neither in their homes, neither in the local masajid. And the reason for that is that because the Messenger of Allah وسلم, whenever he did it, no one else ever did it. It was not done in the smaller mosques, in the houses. He was the only person who did that. And he did not tell anybody else to do that, neither as recommendation or whatever. This was a, 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 a fact. So whoever is in control of the, the, the matters of the Muslims is his, his, his responsibility and it's not legislated, whatever. And this is the position of Imam Ahmed. Alright, or rather, that's incorrect. This is one of the most well-known statements of Imam Ahmed, and it became the madhab of Imam Ahmed, the humbly position. And this is done by the major Imam. Now, um, the second position, and by the way, I just want to say that as a drawdown from this first position, they of course allow then that if the Imam says, I want the imams to do it. This is a matter that is very serious and I want all of you guys and that's of course then permissible, right? So according to them, that's fine because the big imam has said, you know, the king or whoever, especially today when they can't even read Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, whatever themselves, then, you know, they're not going to do their own best. They're going to tell their imams to do the same thing. So uh, the second position is all the imams do it, meaning all the imams of the mosques, uh, etc. And the third position is that every a uh, uh, person does it every musalli uh, does it the one who is the imam the one who, one who is following the one who is praying by himself the ones at home the one who's away everybody does it and this was the position of ibn taymiyyah okay rahimullah and um and he said basically that uh, uh the hadith uh, do not indicate any specificity to imams the Prophet ﷺ did it. The Prophet ﷺ himself uh, is teaching us how to pray. He said, pray as, I, 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 as you see me pray. So we're just praying as we see you pray. So we're going to cop him as well. There's no evidence to restrict it. And that's a very strong point, frankly. Okay, that why are we restricting it only? Um, so he continuously used to do it. And whatever a person uh, does, uh, uh Whatever a person does continuously, and when we see that the Prophet ﷺ is doing it when a nazila occurs, and then whenever the nazila occurs, whenever the calamity occurs, whatever the calamity is, war, famine, X, Y, Z, and he's making that dua and he's doing it continuously, and so then therefore it becomes legislated for us to then follow him and do that as well. Uh, Sheikh says, as for myself, in this issue, I like to keep myself, yeah, any, you know, I like to restrict this act to the uh, overall leader. I think that it should be done by the overall uh, leader, okay? And we're going to come to this in a second, all right? Um, so if he wants us to do it, 
if he wants us to do it, he can command us to do it. The leader should make that decision. It shouldn't be, يعني, let, he wants to kind of control the situation. It'd be chaos, everybody making kunut and blah, blah, blah. So, absolutely not personal calamity. Let me make that absolutely clear. When we say nazila, it by definition means, يعني, you know, uh, 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 you know the full, full, full behavior. And if he stays silent, the sheikh says, if the leader stays silent, then we stay silent. And he makes a really important point. He goes, let's not lose our heads over this. All right? This should be a... Uh, the, the Prophet is the only one who did it. We don't have any others doing it at that time. That shows that there is some kind of authority thing going on. And it's not just like as Ibn Taymiyyah said that, you know, prayers you see me pray because that's what the companions used to do and they never used to do it when the Prophet did it. Um, uh, or, or others, you know, that were far away. Many companions were not at praying in the Jama'ah of the Prophet Many. So they didn't do it. So there's a strong point there to be noted. And Shaykh Hathameen says, if he tells us to do it, we'll do it. And if he says don't do it, then, you know, we're not going to do it. We've got plenty of other places to make dua. Bro, yani, this is not the only place you can make dua. If you want to, you know, uh, look out for the Uyghur community, you want to look out for the Kashmiris, you want to look out for the Syrians, you want to look out whatever. So you've got your, Sheikh yani, uh, goes, you've got your sujood and tashahud, the two places that we spoke about in the prayer that need to be utilized for personal dua if you want to make it in the actual prayer then about the million places outside of the prayer as well so it's not like we can't make dua but this is like an official formal dua which you know and you know in my opinion i like control in the salah i like it calm like the hanafis right that's how i like it so this opinion i've got to say resonates with me i do like control i don't um i'll give you i'll give you an example I'll give you a, a practical example of what happened in Chido uh, once. Uh, and you know what the problem is, is that I can't, I can't, um, because, you know, my memory is like mush here. So I can't remember the actual details, right? But it's one of the countries, something happened. It could have even been the onset of the Syrian situation, right? And... Um, which is as big a calamity as it gets, okay? And when um, uh, we have two main imams in our masjid, Sheikh Salim al-Ustawani, Hafizahullah, Sheikh Abdul Ghaffar. And Sheikh, uh, Sheikh Salim is Syrian. He is one of the leaders of yani, the da'wah in Manchester. Just one of the great people, one of the all-time greats. MashaAllah, Tabarakar Rahman. And, uh, you know, he set up CMA. He set up Chido Masjid. And, um, you know, he's been leading the Salah for donkey's years in the Dao. Everybody, he's just a champion. Um, he's involved with so many Syrian charities. He set up, for example, Syria uh, Relief, you know, which has now become a very massive uh, uh, thingy. Um, uh, and then he stepped back and let the others kind of run it. And he's now got re reform, rebuild or whatever it's called. And we support it a lot, actually. I support it personally, um, meaning in their infancy and their whatever. And the community supports it as well he was making uh, when he would lead the prayer which would be rare okay if he leads the prayer he's making the nazila it's straight as that i mean this was at the like you know when it was in the news in the kind of you know uh, uh when a situation was really kind of you know uh, uh like now it's not like it's let up right now it's worse now but it's just so far back out of the hearts and minds of people right but so when it was really whatever, so he would, 
And Sheikh Abdul Ghaffar, when he leads the prayer, which is the majority of the time, he's not. And so many people are like, you know, why are you not doing it? Why is he doing it? Etc. Etc. And he's been put in a difficult situation because it was, it was at the time where something really bad happened in Somalia. Okay? Something really bad and I can't remember what. Okay? Um, and he had, you know, and, uh, you know, he asked me, he goes, here's the situation. I mean, we should be making, or maybe I said even, I think this is good for the Nazila that we should do it. I'll explain my position in a minute, by the way. Uh, or how do I, you know, but anyway. Um, uh, uh, we should be doing it. And he says, you know if I do it, right? You know if I do it, what's going to happen? They're going to say that he's making dua for his own people, for his own personal pain, personal calamity as opposed to the Ummah calamity. I'm not going to do it. I can't do it. This is a very real example, okay, of the... Um, of the practical problems just at a small scale and the imams don't need this the imam is not a politician he's not meant to be dealing with the politics he's meant to lead the prayer he's meant to keep the muslims together he's meant to try to keep consistency that's the problem that's the dirty work of the leader the leader can come in and when he says this is what we're going to make dua for that's not what we're going to make dua for we put our trust in the leader that he knows best right he knows best. He's a representative of us. He didn't make dua for this army of his in whatever. Obviously, I'm talking back in a time when there's a khilafah. Now it's different. But I just want to give you an example where the fiqh is coming from. So the, the ruler, he just, you know, he can write off Somalia and Syria. And we'll trust him on that. We'll say he knows something behind the scenes that we don't. Right? He's got, yani, you know, this... It's not the job. There's a lot of muck and flack and, and fitna that's going to be caused. Blame it on them. Blame it on them, not me. I'm happy to make dua all night. Yeah. What do you think? You think these people can't make dua? You think that they, they're not? These are the people who come while you're sleeping at home in bed. They're there at 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, opening the masjid every single day in winter and whatever. And they're the last ones out. These are they leading the salah while you're doing the job and you're on holidays and whatever, whatnot. The imams are the greatest people on this planet. The most underappreciated people ever. Don't for a second think that this is because the imams are not up for it. That's the only thing they want. They want the Muslims to come to the masjid and make dua and get them yani together, whatever, whatnot. It's fitna. It's difficult. That shouldn't be their problem. So, I just want you to see where that... Theory is coming from where, where Sheikh Uthameen is talking about. Now, the bigger question for us is that does this mean anything to us? Does it mean anything to us in the West where we have no authority, we have no Muslim leader, we have no Islamic State in the world, let alone Yani here? And, you know, how should we be uh, dealing with this? Um, I just want to say that I think what Sheikh says about calming people down. I think it's very important. I want to say that we've needed a central authority in the non-Muslim countries from day dot. It will never happen because the Muslim community, yeah, any, you know, because as I've said many times yeah, on social media, because, you know, Muslims, right? <laughs> we absolutely detest each other, distrust each other. We're not unifying on Jack Diddley squad, all right? We need we need the, the one to establish the rules, our engagement with government, what the principles of yeah any law should be, Eid, Ramadan, fasting, blah blah blah. We need central authority. It's not going to happen. 
And because that's not going to happen, um, and if it did happen, it would be the ones that would put a unified statement of condemnation forward, yani, and it would make the Muslims do this, and we would pay money yani, to support them, every single Muslim would. That is in the ideal scenario. In a non-Muslim country, we have representative, and that would be our Qa'id al-A'la. He would be the leader, and we'd accept that. And that's something which is mashru'a, that's something which is legislated and required. Not going to happen. So, if it's not going to happen, then... The truth is, is that we actually end up practically, even though we want Sheikh Uthameen's opinion, we end up with Ibn Taymiyyah's opinion, where people are just going to have to get along and do it and as much as they can in a kind of like, you know, as respecting the authority of the masjid and the trustees and their principles and their thinking forward to avoid fitna. And, and overruling principle is... If I get upset by the decision, I'm not going to get upset by the decision. That's the yani, the ruling thing. Because if they decide not to, it's not because they hate my suggestion or they hate me or they're racist or they only think about it. There's no need for the Muslim to go there. It's a fitna. I understand where you're coming from. Don't worry. I'll make dua. I'll write it on social media. I'll send the WhatsApp to everybody person. I will do. And that's what you do. You go and make the charity, you go and make an organization, whatever, whatnot. The making of the du'a in the message is not the be all and end all. It's not going to break the matter. It's not the deal breaker. And so that, I think, is a really important point that the Sheikh says. We still have the tashahud and the, and the uh, 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 thingy. And anyway, uh, uh, the main thing that Sheikh Uthameen, he goes, and by the way, when we say that the imam makes kunot in the thingy, we do not mean happy kunot. That's never, ever been narrated. Never, ever. When we're talking... Nazila, we are not say, we are it's not even dua like you know some kind of narrated dua it's a very specific one you will say in the Arabic according to the vast majority and don't ask about English because that becomes very messy because you are now speaking in the dua uh, uh, for example you will literally say Allahumma al anna or Allahumma COVID anna or you know you know, you are literally speaking in Arabic and you're making a dua, of course, but it's an informal one. And uh, you will be saying, Allahumma alayka bil kafara, or Allahumma alayka bil yahud, or Allahumma alayka bil, you know, bil that. You will be very specific. This is not a, oh Allah, forgive the believers, make a, oh Allah, you know, whatever. Oh Allah, you know, you're not making personal dua here. This is, not, this is straight, targeted, focus, 30 seconds, 20 seconds, bam. This is focusing the Muslims, yani, priority, get them in the mood, yani, sharp shock, dunked in the cold water. They come out of the prayer, they're all mad for it, yani, donating, focusing, that was starting. There's a, you know? All right. Uh, and I think... And so Sheikh Uthameen says, yani, when we see what he did, what he did, he made dua against the people. He made dua against Ri'al and Zakwan and Usayya uh, for a whole month, as I mentioned uh, uh, earlier on. And you can find that hadith in Sahih Muslim 677. Uh, uh, and he did yani, you know, uh, some specific ones as well before uh, he... he, 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 he he cursed some people uh, specifically, okay, until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, uh, revealed, uh, uh, 
revealed the ayah from Surah, Amra, uh, Surah Ali Imran, لَيْسَ لَكَ مِنَ الْأَمْرِ شَيْءٌ أَوْ يَتُوبَ عَلَيْهِمْ أَوْ يُعَذِّبَهُمْ Okay, uh, Surah uh, Ali Imran 128. This is not your, uh, this is not your call, alright? Um, or whether they are, uh, uh, whether their repentance is accepted or whether they are punished, this is not your call. Leave this to me. And then the Prophet ﷺ stopped here and is specifically cursing individuals. Um, and that's something which we would, uh, you know, uh, try to stick to. So this is something which is done in all of the obligatory prayers. Um, some scholars said that not the Jum'ah prayer because the Jum'ah prayer is not considered to be one of the five daily prayers. It's not, there is no analogy uh, uh, to be made between Jum'ah and Dhuhr. Jum'ah is separate to Dhuhr. It's not in place of uh, 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 Dhuhr. It doesn't take the rulings of Dhuhr. That's why um, the combining, those that scholars that allow combining of the prayer, it's not allowed to combine Jum'ah and Asr. Because it's only Dhuhr and Asr which is to be combined. And because they said Jum'ah is not like uh, uh, Dhuhr, it's a separate prayer that replaces it yani in entirety, meaning it's not yani like a, uh, I, I don't know the best way to I'm not explaining this very well. But the point is, is that it's separate, has no uh, connection. So they said that it does not done in Jum'ah. And they also argued that um, you there's no need to do the Qunut in Jum'ah because you would do it in the, um, in the Dua. So uh, in the Khutbah, you would make Dua at that place and that's replacing the, the Qunut. So you don't need to do it at that moment either. Um, Sheikh Uthameen says, no, there's no evidence to restrict this dua to only those prayers and not do it in Jum'ah. If he makes dua, that's fine, but he should also, يعني, you know, if the matter is important and people are there, then might as well then make that quick, clear uh, dua in the Jum'ah prayer as well. And Sheikh says that this is not something which is restricted to the, oblig to the loud prayers, okay, as some of the scholars uh, did. And he said that it should also be said in the silent prayers and it's said out loud because we have hadith, especially narrated from Abdullah ibn Abbas and others, that they were saying Ameen. And the only way that they could say Ameen to the Qunut al-Nazila is if they can hear it. And that's in the Asr prayer. That is in the Dhuhr prayer. So when that situation comes, it is done. And if it's something which is lasting, then it's done continuously. And how is it done? It's done exactly the same time and manner as the Qunut of uh, uh, Witr. And so therefore, a person should make it, yani, um, uh, hands up, raised, after the ruku, possible to do it before ruku as well, but after ruku, which is better. And when we say after ruku, what do we mean? Sami Allahu liman hamidah, rabbana wa lakal hamd. Okay? And then Allahumma alayka bil, or Allahumma arfa' yani, uh, and so on. You would go straight into it like that. And then, wa sallallahu sallam wa rakalani bila Muhammad, Allahu Akbar. And then go into the uh, sajda um, so yeah I think that's uh, that and as I said most of the hadith are about uh, afterwards and I think that's it that's what I wanted to say yeah that is the don't yani, make me go any further because it's already one and a half hours people are already dying read me the next statement is what tarawih ishruna raka'ah if you want you need to um if you want me to have a whole load of fun then all i'll say is that the humbly position as is the position of the majority of the scholars is that uh, that tarawih the sunnah is 20 
um, our position, uh, Sheikh Uthameen's position, Ibn Taymiyyah's position, is that this is not the case, uh, that the Sunnah is 11 with Witr, so 8 Raka'ah in twos. Uh, this is a beautiful Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu this is what he used to do. So as the majority of you will be doing it at home this year, then let's try to revive that Sunnah as well. Night, uh, two, 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 and then a three raka'ah witr. Make it slow, make it nice. Yani, no rush. You've got now early uh, nights now. Don't yani think, oh, you know, so late when you're still there at half past eleven, bro. We used to start half past eleven not too long ago. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So you know, a lot of us will be be able to you know uh, go until twelve o'clock, whatever. Let's not yani lose. Let's not you know lose the. Um, uh, let's not le let's not lose the uh, uh, you know that um, the spirit that spirit and Allah knows best. All right, let's do question. Okay, let's do some questions. Oh, Samid, what's happening, Samid? Is it permissible to sell digital art as a non-fungible token? Yeah, I I have to say that. It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life, NFTs. But I think it's permissible, man. I think it's permissible. And I think what's most permissible out of it is digital art. The rest of it, Allahu A'lam. Alright? Yeah. Okay. I was under the impression that the position about not praying over children is an, anonym is an anomalous position. And they prayed over the Prophet ﷺ. So I don't understand this point about it being for the deceased to be forgiven. So praying over the Prophet ﷺ does not negate that it's not a deceased for it's not something which is uh, done for the um, uh, uh, just to unpack your point. Okay, praying over the Prophet ﷺ does not. Negate the the wider point, especially when all of the evidences are indicating that it is a du'a for the deceased, because because that's exactly what it is. There is a strong argument to be made that this is obviously not a proper prayer. Where's the ruqwa? Where's the sujood? Where's the yani, structure? Where's the what is this yani, even? Okay, um, and then there's the other glaring fact that the person's just been buried. Why don't we have the plethora of hadith that show us making du'a at the grave or du'a while we're carrying the person or du'a afterwards or the gathering afterwards? Why do you think there's so many bid'ah of the people that do that? Because it's not there and they want it there. Their emotional need is there. And we've got to try and educate them, bro. That's what the janazah prayer is about. Make more use of your janazah prayer. Yeah, and make your janazah pray more real. So praying over the Prophet ﷺ doesn't negate that at all just because he was forgiven. Uh, in fact, I would argue back and say that actually none of the companions knew what to do about the about the death of the Prophet ﷺ. And even if they did, it would be ishtihad of the companions. Some went into bury, some went into wash, some didn't know they tried to take his clothes off and they all got knocked out. Allah yani, knocked them all out. Bro, yeah. Uh, died on the Monday, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Buried on Wednesday night. So, the death process of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is not to be followed, yani, uh, in the way that you may think. So, no, I don't think that praying over the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam means that this is not primarily a deceased thingy. Uh, but, but, uh, um, uh, absolutely, it's anomalous. Uh, there is a difference of opinion. 
the hadith out there on uh, whether Ibrahim was prayed over. Some hadith suggest that he was, some suggest that he wasn't, etc. That's very much a, a point of, of debate. But the general idea about this uh, concept is, is not in doubt. You can see everything pointing towards it. Now, how important that is, what the relevance of that is, not very not very important, not very relevant. So what if a person thinks it's a for the disease or not, or whatever. But it has some nice... Uh, off, it has some nice uh, uh, things that come off it, I think. All right, istikhara. All right, guys, I don't know what's going on because you see I'm down at the bottom, right? Because I'm trying to catch up on questions. So uh, just I need you just to pause because it keeps moving down and I keep losing what's going on and it's already getting a lot of questions. So just chill, guys, and just, just relax. Right. Um, I've recently learned that some people do Salat al-Istikhara for more general decisions about life. For example, before applying for a specific job, investing in a type of stock and traveling. If one made Salat al-Istikhara like this, that's almost one to two times uh, uh, a week, especially if one is investing in stocks regularly. Please, could you share your opinion on when it would be recommended to do Salat al-Istikhara? In my opinion, it is not done so regularly that it becomes yani, almost meaningless, right? Or doesn't have its kind of unique, special kind of big decision factor thingy. So that's that. The problem is though that that doesn't mean that that doesn't give you a frequency. I think it's just got to give you a magnitude that you kind of sense it. Number one. Number two, there is no problem applying it in the way that you've said, right? That, uh, 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 sorry, uh, applying it in the, in the, for the matters that you've said. But not the way that you've said. All right. I don't believe that Salatul Istikhara is um, a decision-making reality. I've explained this many times before. I believe it's a blessing prayer. Strongly believe that it's a prayer of blessing. That the Salatul Istikhara is not to make the decision for you. It doesn't show you the decision afterwards. It blesses the decision that you make. You make your decision based upon all of the factors you have around you. And then you go ahead with that decision and you pray the salah, whether you pray before the act, after the act, doesn't matter, but you're praying to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give you the best of that and to keep the evil away because I've gone for it now. So, yeah, Allah, I've left it in your hands now. That's basically what you're saying. So, you know, you know, let it smack out the park. Right. I mean, it says the group of friends sent send their monthly sadaqah to a PayPal pool created by one of the friends. This money is given to three Widows with children on a monthly basis. This is an amount. This is, there is an amount kept as a buffer, if in case some forget to send their monthly sadaqah. Is there any zakat upon this sadaqah money in the pool? What a brilliant question. Answer is no. I wish someone had asked that in a class. There's no zakat upon charity. Okay. Uh, Bangladesh left the building. Yeah, man. I've, I'm sorry, guys. Um, uh, whatever. Yeah. Um, it has gone too long. My apologies. People have made a tradition of praying the Salat at Tasbih in congregation. Is there any, any leeway for this or would this be straight up bid'ah? Plenty of leeway. Pen, plenty of leeway. Sheikh Walid did a faith IQ, faith IQ on this. Just type, uh, you know, uh, just go to the thingy and look and put Tasbih in or Tasabih. I can't remember how you spelt it. So um, check it out. Yeah, good, good, good question on it. I mentioned I was working on Maghrib seminar on Siyasa. That was so long ago and that is so far away. Like there's probably at least two or three classes that are going to come before then. Before Siyasa even gets a look in. Allah Musta'an. How do you make dua against uh, COVID or cancer or illness when Allah is the one that willed the illness? 
Allah sends down the illness and you ask him to send it back. That's it. That's yani, your dua, bro. Yeah, this is it. We, yani, subhanAllah, we get used to something and we realize, you know, like midnight taraweeh, etc. And then it's all forgotten. Like, you know, oh, we've got to finish really quickly, etc. We pray over insane new converts. Yeah, okay. I'm not saying that if a person is the most innocent person, because first of all, how do you know? We pray anyway. We don't know the situation of people. So we pray generally anyway. We do it. But I want there's, there's an ethos. What, what actually is it? Right? Uh, does the 8 plus 3 taraweeh specific number matter if done after sleeping and pre-fajr? Does the 8 plus 3 taraweeh specific number, so 11, matter if it's done after sleeping? Yeah, I mean, that. Uh, in my opinion, as we're going to come to next year, um, that it is best to stick to one prayer in the night. Whether you do it and uh, straight away after Isha, like people do now, or you go to sleep and you wake up early, I think both are good. I think both are good. Okay? And that's a big discussion, by the way, which we're going to have uh, in its right time. I had the same questions about whether to pray it before buying a mini food processor. Sick guy, sick guy. What you are talking about are big decisions. Absolutely. I was thinking, by the way, just on that point, do I get a Ninja Air Fryer or not? Do I get it or not? Am I too late to this hype or is it just a waste of time? I just need to know, you know, I'm not trying to get out of uh, istikhara, but I said I'm going to get it because Shazad, yani, he showed. Shaz misses is saying, yani knows Bukhas, man. She goes, you know, it's a waste of time. And then in fairness, she made some grilled chicken today. Honestly, it was banging, bro. It was madness. So I don't know why, you know, you know, it, I, it takes a bit of a time and it takes, you know, hours, etc. I don't know. So let me know. If a woman is going through a miscarriage, uh, if a woman is going through a miscarriage, does she stop praying and fasting for its duration? Yes. Yes, it is nifas. Okay. Uh, postpartum bleeding. Is there any reward for the difficulty for the woman even though the miscarriage is occurring very early in the pregnancy? Yes, there's a reward. Definitely. Every mashaqqa yani, is, 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 is a thingy. All right. Uh, Quranic art going to be published this year. You know, for see how I've been thinking about this for the last what, 10 days and whatever, trying to work out what's going on. Um, I have not made any kind of thingy decisions. I don't think I'm going to get in the way of people on Facebook this year. I've been doing it for a lot, yeah, any, a lot of years, and I think that it it's just getting crowded. And I was thinking, you know, should I put it into video form or do it in form? Blah blah blah. Um, more likely than not, so kind of just kind of stay out of that kind of scene. I think is good that I don't, yeah, any, you know, get in that way. Um, right, let's just now sign off on Argel's uh, uh, summary, general fiqh principle. An act of worship which is legislated, legislated, and there's no T, legislated or encouraged in a general sense cannot be legislated. This is, you know, when the person repeats the misspelling, you know that that's how they thought it said. Astaghfirullah. <laughs> now everyone's going to be saying, you know, her especially, oh, you're hating on me again, you're hating on Egyptians again. But come on, bro, come on. An act of worship which is legislated or encouraged in a general sense cannot be legislated or encouraged in a specific sense without evidence. Very good. All right. Doing the qunut in prayers other than witr. Sheikh Uthameen 
His position is the qunut in the way that we have been taught thus far, we're calling this happy qunut, is not to be done in other prayers. Correct. This is because to take a general principle and apply it to a specific scenario without clear evidence is to create an innovation in the deen. Correct. There is legit legitimate difference of opinion about the application of this day, such as in the case of monthly qiyam nights. Yeah. Humbly in the class position. The exception to do to this is when there is a calamity which has befallen the Muslims. This is when we pray desperate qunut. Hanafis hold there is no qunut in any uh, other prayer except witr. Shafi'i and Malikis apply the act of the Prophet reciting the qunut in fajr during calamity and hold that the qunut can be recited in fajr prayer on a regular basis. Correct. The humbly in class position. Desperate qunut can be done only in obligatory prayers when there is destruction to lives, livelihood, and real disaster. Humblies, unless it is due to a plague, uh, a hadith show that the plague is uh, unless it, yeah, humblies, unless it is due to a plague. That, that bit, little bit com confusing, that maybe you might want to edit that line. Uh, a hadith show that the, however, you might say, however, a hadith show that the plague is a mercy for the believers and the one who dies from the plague is shaheed. Therefore, the scholars held that one should not make the qunut against something which holds such a huge reward benefit for the Muslims. So it's obviously not however, unless it is due to plague, because a hadith show, yeah. Class position though is, you can make the desperate qunut even for the plague, especially when it is devastating Muslims. The desperate qunut method, the position and timing of the qunut is the same as the witter prayer, only done in the obligatory prayers, not restricted just to prayers recited out loud, but to all the prayers, including the quiet ones. Some scholars said not in Jum'ah prayer, but the du'a can be made in the khutbah, Sheikh Uthimin in class position, it can also be recited on Jumu'ah prayer. The difference of opinion about who leads, the Hanbalis and Uthameen in a class position. So I didn't say this, but yeah, it is led by the supreme leader of the entire Muslim Ummah and his congregation is the only one that does it, not all the individuals in the Ummah, unless the supreme leader asks all the Imams of the mosque to do it. In non-Muslim countries, it reverts back to Ibn Taymiyyah's position, right? Uh, all the Imams of the Masajid lead it in their congregations if instructed by the Imams, or that's the second opinion. However, Ibn Taymiyyah, all the individuals across the entire Muslim Ummah recite it. The du'a said is short, powerful, and specific to the cause, and the calamity is facing the Muslimin at large. It is an informal du'a, not a specific phrasing. That's very good. Very good. Yeah, I think it's allowed to, uh, I mean, to recite from the Mus'haf if it's not possible. Praying Taraweeh in Tara week. In the masjid that's allowed. I don't know how that's going to happen in COVID times because you can't even get the men in, let alone the women. So, but yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, da -da 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 -da. Da -da -da -da. Okay. Um, man, getting a lot of votes on the on the on the thingy, bro. The air dryer. Oh my god. I mean, it's like game changer. And we dad went capitals. All right. Okay. So. Um, I had if I have a if I had a coffee club or a football kitty and the funds go over one year, do we pay the account the amount on the kitty? Yeah, I would. I don't think that's any uh, whatever. Uh, oh my God! Look at this. Shahid's going in. Right. It's like the best thing ever. That's what mine said. Just ignore them. Khalas, that's it. Listen, she's had spoken. Game over. I prefer my kitchen aid one over my ninja. My God. Salanja literally has two. Not like you're going to see it anyway. Treat um, Isa. What are you hating for, Jeeves? They just look at it and the space it's going to take. Bro, there's a flipping bread maker on the floor, bro. A bread maker that she's not even... Maybe she used it once. I don't know. In fact, I don't even think she's... Uh, uh, whatever. I don't know. Right. Um, I will be Ahlam. I will be in Telegram. Just been so busy. Once I get this class done... 
and I get into that first uh, few days of Ramadan, I'm in there, man. Telegram, I'm all over it. Okay? And not the fancy kitchen aid. Is oh, kitchen aid is the high quality one. Shaz, send me the link. I never heard of it at all. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, uh, anything else? Any idea? Full um, interview with Sheikh Abdul Rashid Ali Sufi. I need to edit that. That's going to come out in Ramadan. These are the things I'm going to get done. I need to catch up with little things here and there. I can't commit to a project in Ramadan. These are the little things that I've started and that, you know, Quranic art, the book needs to be finished, blah, 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 you know, all that kind of thing. And uh, um, that is it. I don't do a clubhouse. You must be joking. And there we go. Thaqib has not even used it one little time ever. And absolutely Shazad Salim, whatever. Um Ibrahim, just go to the Telegram group. How are you asking questions like that here? Come on, bro. All right. AE said last year it would be our Eid gift. Just never specified which Eid. Sick. I'll make it this year's one, inshallah. All right, folks. Zakaria, you know what it is, yeah? Just shut up. Done nothing. I need website. We were sitting there. Book was sitting there. No one is saying that. Can you just please at least <laughs> type me, type me the, the <laughs> type me the, listen, type me. Because nothing makes me laugh as much as when Zakaria goes, well, it was when Zakaria goes full out, full out millennial or Generation Z. All right, folks. Barakallahu feekum wa khair. We call it at that. I will be in, inshallah. I will be in to Telegram soon. I promise. Lots there. I know. But, 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 but. No, no questions on Telegram. All right? No more. All right? Absolutely no more. We'll debate yani, on Telegram. We chat on Telegram. Telegram's going to be a chill place. Here's the stress. This is the stress. Okay? Now, we're calling it. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept yani, the efforts of every single person that allowed this year to be what it was. All the people behind the scenes. That's Mesa and that's uh, Shazad and that's uh, Zafar and that's the exam team and that's the transcribing team doing a madness every single week. Then the references team, MashaAllah, Allahumma barik fihim. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from them. All of the donors, the people who are contributing every single month, I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to reward them بغير حساب. ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept all of your du'as. Those people who are setting up the quizzes on the Telegram group, yani making it fun, making it interesting, making it beneficial. All the people who are helping others when they ask questions. Um, all the people who are spreading the knowledge, answering questions for people that are not on the groups as well. All of those that many, many LP students that have come to the other classes and brought people to the other class for Al-Maghrib and all the benefit that comes from that. May Allah bless all the teachers and all the supporters of the teachers and all those who are involved in the spreading of this ilm. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make this Ramadan a, a fruitful one, a beneficial one, a one in which we come out of it on the other side forgiven and closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with permanent changes as, as opposed to temporary one. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect you and your families in this difficult time. And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings normality back so that we can increase our acts of ibadah, our acts of ibadah at the public level, at the level that they needed for a community that needs them. Allahumma ameen, Allahumma ameen, jazakumullah khair, barakallahu feekum, wa subhanaka Allahumma bihamdik, ashadu an la ilaha illa ant, wa astaghfiruk Allahumma, wa atubu ilayk, 
Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And khitamuhu misk. Khitamuhu misk.